0: Hello and welcome to the Lifesaving Victoria Pod Channel. Each week we interview instructors, educators and industry professionals who will give insight into the swimming and water safety industry to provide innovative ideas for developing quality life-saving programs. Each episode will be hosted by one of our Lifesaving Victoria experts with a variety of internal and external presenters. We look forward to sharing and learning together to make our communities safer around water. Hi there, everyone. You're listening to our very first episode of the Lifesaving Victoria Pod Channel. My name is Caitlin, and to start today's episode, I'm going to share a little bit about what we do at Lifesaving Victoria. Lifesaving Victoria was formed in 2002 through the merger of Surf Lifesaving Victoria and Royal Lifesaving Society Victoria. We have 32,000 volunteer members and employ more than 300 staff. Together, We work with communities, educational institutions, government agencies, businesses, and the broader aquatic industry to achieve our vision and mission. Our mission at Lifesaving Victoria is to prevent aquatic-related death and injury in all Victorian communities. We do this by providing a wide range of services, from training volunteer lifesavers to educating communities about swimming and water safety. This week is a very special week as it is Water Safety Week, which is an initiative of Play It Safe by the Water. This year, Water Safety Week coincides with the beginning of volunteer patrols at local lifesaving clubs. Part of this week also involves the release of the annual drowning report. So in today's episode, you're going to hear from Kate Simpson, General Manager for Education and Sport, and Dr Bernadette Matthews, Principal Research Associate from Lifesaving Victoria, who will be talking about the recently released Drowning Report.
1: Good morning. I'm Kate Simpson, and I'm the General Manager of Education and Sport at Lifesaving Victoria, and I'm very pleased to have Dr Bernadette Matthews, also from Lifesaving Victoria, with me. Good morning,
2: Bernadette. Good morning, Kate. Can you tell us first a little bit about your role at Lifesaving Victoria? Yes, so I'm the Principal Research Associate for Life Saving Victoria um, and we uh, look at the drowning statistics and we also conduct um, a whole range of research projects uh, looking at preventing drowning incidents. So we look at the trends in the drowning and we look at ways that we can improve practice and look at the different strategies to improve and prevent drowning across Victoria. It's very, very important
1: work So, and I know in my role uh, across both education and sport, uh, we know that using an evidence base and research to inform our education programs for schools and the aquatic industry and also then how we can apply that to sport as well is really important. This morning we're going to talk about the Drowning Report. When and why did the Drowning Report come about?
2: Well, there were actually um, reports about drowning incidents going right back to 1904. So, with the start of Royal Life Saving Victoria, they actually reported on the drowning incidents that were occurring. And it used to be just a single page in their annual report And those reports were used to provide people with the facts about drowning so that they could understand what was happening and look at ways to prevent further drowning incidents. Since then, it's developed a lot over time. Um, So we now produce a really detailed report. And since the merger of Royal Life Saving Victoria and Surf Life Saving Victoria, we've actually produced 15 drowning reports in Victoria. So it really provides information for people and it can be used by a whole range of people. Fantastic.
1: It's, it really is an important publication. I guess I'm curious to know, there's a National Drowning
2: Report and a State Drowning Report. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So the National Drowning Report really provides an overview of what's happening in Australia, but we do know that the drowning incidents vary a lot from state to state. So our state report provides a really detailed snapshot of what's happening in Victoria. So we know, for instance, that in Queensland and New South Wales, they get a lot more tourists that drown. But in Victoria, that picture is quite different. So it's more local people that are drowning. You know, there's various people that might use the drowning
1: report. So the aquatic industry, our swim schools, uh, then also education institutions, whether that be schools or universities. How does the drowning report get used in practice?
2: Yeah, so um, what we do is we have a committee. There's the Play It Safe by the Water Committee and that group has been in place for over 20 years now. So that's an initiative that was funded by the Victorian government and it's a great initiative for Victoria and we actually use the drowning information on a really practical level to look at those trends. so for example, we've had in previous years a high number of drownings of young children not um, to four years of age and that was used to inform campaigns, mm. public awareness campaigns but also when we drill down into the statistics we found that there are a high number of children drowning in home pools. So that committee has been able to use that information to work on public policy and look at legislation around home pool fencing. And it is, it's so important having, I guess, that evidence base to identify
1: who's most at risk helps us prioritise where we can deliver our programs. And the drowning report is a public document, that's right. So uh, it means that anyone can access it to understand how they can then apply, I guess, what's happening in from a drowning statistic perspective into their programs.
2: Yeah, that's right. And the other thing that we've done is look at where the drowning incidents are occurring. So, what we see is that a high proportion of the drowning incidents occur in open waterways. And so, what we've done is incorporate that into the open water learning experience and look at how we can teach kids about the dangers around open waterways. So we want kids, we want everyone to go out and have fun around the water, but we want them to be able to do it safely. Christmas is obviously coming up in the summer holidays, so we want, as you said,
1: everyone to know how to be safe around water. That's just so important. Yeah. What drowning trends have you seen emerge from uh, the statistics since we started
2: releasing drowning reports? And why do you think these trends are occurring back about 15 years ago and before that, it was um, particularly young children that had the highest drowning rates in Victoria, and we also see that trend nationally and internationally. But the positive thing is that since the start of the Play It Safe campaign, we've done a lot in that area, and we've seen that drowning toll be reduced. Um, So the rate of young children drowning has reduced significantly since then. What we are seeing now, though, coming out in the statistics is older adults drowning. So particularly those aged over 45 and males, unfortunately, males are four times more likely to drown than females. It's a huge statistic, isn't it? Yeah. So and the other thing that we've seen with the drowning trends is that um, we did typically in previous years have a high number of boating fatalities. But since the introduction of legislation around mandatory life jacket wear for people out on boats, so that came in in 2005. And again, that was a result of looking at the evidence around that to see why there were so many boating related drowning incidents. And the majority of them were because people weren't wearing life jackets. And so we have seen since then that the number of boating-related drowning incidents have decreased, which is fantastic. You've just mentioned um,
1: mandatory wearing of life jackets, which is obviously a really important piece of legislation. What other kinds of industry action or policy changes have you seen since the drowning reports have been published?
2: Yeah, so um, we've had those changes in life jackets, uh, also pool fencing legislation, um, So, and there's been a number of iterations around that. So it's now a requirement that all home pools in Victoria have pool fencing. We know that that's the most effective barrier against drowning, particularly for young children. And we're actually seeing that that legislation is being strengthened. So coming into place from December this year, we're seeing um, changes in the legislation so that people need to register their home pool. And also there will be mandatory inspections of the barrier around the pool, because what we found with the statistics were that a high number of children were drowning in pools that were fenced. But unfortunately the fence wasn't maintained properly. So the important thing is to have a public awareness campaign so you can get out to your broad audience, but also have targeted education programs. We don't want to have too much legislation. No. But where we can't get that behaviour change, that's what we need to do. On Sunday, the first of December, the drowning report for the
1: 2018-2019 financial year is being released. While we've had some really positive outcomes, what is the last financial year telling us?
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, in the last financial year, there were 56 people that drowned in Victoria and those people tragically lost their lives. Another over 100 people drowned but managed to survive that, which is fantastic. But with non-fatal drowning, there can also be long-term neurological effects. So, over 150 drownings. It's just so tragic for all the families involved, all the people, you know, indirectly involved as well, the friends, and it just affects so many people. It really is. I've got goosebumps now. It's a terrible number, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, uh, we are seeing that This is the highest drowning toll that we've had in over 20 years in Victoria, which is just so tragic. And it's hard given that all the work that we've done and we've seen so many positive things to see us go a little bit backward in that respect is really concerning. It is. And so within the 150
1: people who have been involved in, in a drowning incident, what trends are we
2: seeing? We are seeing that it's a lot of things what we do know is that males four times more likely to drown than females. That's a fairly consistent trend over the years. We've also seen people over age 65 with the highest fatal drowning rate. Right. And the other areas that we've seen an increase are drownings in open waterways. So we saw a 49% increase in drownings in coastal waterways. And for the beach,
1: that means yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Okay
2: and then 46% increase in inland waterways. So yeah, really concerning that we're seeing this increase in drowning incidents in open waterways. And what we're seeing with some of those is that it's people with a lack of understanding of the dangers around open waterways, a lack of understanding really that the conditions can change and can change quite quickly, and particularly for coastal waterways. With drownings in inland waterways, it's more that people don't see the dangers, those hidden dangers. And as you know, with all the education programs, those snags under the water and changing conditions, you know, and and I think, as I mentioned earlier, we're coming up to the the
1: Christmas summer holidays, and we know that there will be families who always head to their uh, local waterway or families that head away camping. And I think it's important, like you said, to be aware that from last Christmas to this Christmas, uh, conditions in the waterways might have changed. And it's important, I, I guess, to read safety signs, talk to a local, look and observe the, the conditions before going in and, and know your own ability, yeah, I think is also right. really important. Yeah. Are there any things you'd, uh, any other things that you would suggest people be aware of before they
2: go swimming and enjoy our waterways? Yeah, probably the other thing I think, looking particularly at males, is not drinking alcohol around water. We know that that's a big issue, particularly for males. And it is a big part of our culture to drink alcohol, and especially, you know, drinking it's by Christmas the water. It's yeah. people are on holidays. It's summer. <laughs> that's right. You sit back, you get the esky out, and you sit by the river, and it's beautiful. It, you know, if you are going to drink, around water, make sure that you're doing it responsibly. Make sure that you have a designated non-drinker like you would a designated driver. So if anyone does get into trouble, you've got someone there who can help out. Have flotation devices with you as well and look at, you know, all those different things that could be used as a flotation device, like your esky lid, you know, that can be used as a flotation device. It can be used to rescue someone. So great tip.
1: What is being done to prevent drowning injury and death? You know, we, we've we seen now an increase, the highest drowning statistics in in 20 years, and yet we know a lot of good work is being done. So can you talk through some of the solutions? What do we need to do more of as the
2: community, as organisations who are involved in water safety? What, what do we need to do? We've been looking at those short, medium and long-term solutions. So looking at the short-term solutions is we've been working together with the Victorian government to develop a new public awareness campaign. And that's really targeting males over the age of 45. What we found with some of the research that was done was that males don't really, they worry about other people around Mm. water. So they're worrying about their kids or their grandkids, their wife or whoever it is that they're with. They look out for them and they see that they might be at risk. They don't realise that they themselves are at risk as well and that they need to look out for those dangers. And particularly as we get older, we need to be aware that our bodies are changing. We're not as young and fit as we used to be. So that campaign is really to drive that home, that particularly for males, that the person they need to be looking out for is themselves. So there's that campaign. We're also looking at the service provision. So we now have drones um, in Victoria, which fantastic. is fantastic. That's a great, that's an exciting advancement in, I guess, rescue technology. Yeah, that's right. And certainly I think a big thing for us is looking at how we can embrace technology more and look Definitely. at new innovations and do things more efficiently and effectively with the resources that we have. So increasing our drone capability, increasing our rescue watercraft or jet skis, particularly across the bay area, increasing our patrols as well and looking at expanding our lifeguard sites as well. So we have lifeguards on patrol throughout the summer season and a really key thing for everyone at home is to i would say download the beach safe app. It's a fantastic app that's really easy. You can have a look at where the patrolled beaches are. So if you're heading down to the beach, you know, you might check your weather app, which is also a really important thing to do when you're going to an open waterway. Check the beach safe app. Check which beaches are patrolled. It also gives you a rating of the hazardousness of the beach so those beaches with a lower number are the least hazardous. So particularly if you're going with young families, they're the ones to target and make sure, you know, ideally going to a beach that's patrolled by our lifesavers and swimming in between those red and yellow flags. They're there for everyone and they're the safest place to swim. Fantastic tips. And, and really, our, our volunteer and our, our
1: paid lifeguards um, do an incredible job over summer. And, you know, they're wearing their red and yellow uniforms and, you know, it's important that the community goes and says hello and introduces themselves and if you're not a confident swimmer, let them know that. They'll give you um, tips for that beach on that day and, and definitely direct you to swim between the red and yellow flags. And I think the Beach Safe app downloaded from the app store is Um, really important, just like the Vic Emergency app, and as you said, being able to check the weather. Um, So some really good takeaway tips for anyone listening, for people who aren't visiting open waterways, so whether that's the beach or local rivers and, and lakes. We know swimming pools are a fantastic place to swim, and especially as the weather heats up. And just like at the beach, there are also pool lifeguards, and they'll either typically be wearing red and yellow, or at least a uniform that identifies they're a pool lifeguard. And There are signs around uh, swimming pools. Is there any tips that you'd give to people visiting a swimming pool this summer?
2: Yeah, so we actually have um, a new program that we're um, rolling out across uh, swimming pools this summer, particularly for those people that we've seen are more vulnerable in the pool. They might not be confident swimmers. They may have not learnt to swim before. Often we see people from different multicultural communities. They may not have had swimming lessons in their home country, so... Really, we want to make sure that people can feel comfortable at the swimming pool and know the places that are going to be the best places to swim, even in your pool, and how to enter the water safely. The The staff at the pools are really there to help you. They want to make sure that your experience is the best experience that you can have. So, yeah, really look out for that campaign. So our Swim Safe campaign, and it gives you five tips around how you can be safe in the pool and really going and speaking to the staff. If you're not feeling confident in the pool for whatever reason, speaking to them about where the best place is to go and um, cool off in the water. Finally, you just mentioned about learning to swim and
1: uh, we've had an incredible amount of support from the Victorian government towards supporting children to learn swimming and water safety through the public water safety initiative and also swimming in schools. And it's Critical that they learn to swim, and not everyone has access, but we're doing a lot of work and providing a lot of resources. Uh, We have resources on our online toolkit at the Lifesaving Victoria website. We're doing some exciting things with virtual reality, so we encourage people to have a look at those resources. As we've already mentioned, there are various apps where people can get information, whether that's Beach Safe, Vic Emergency, and also through checking the weather online.
2: Where can people find the drowning report? Uh, Yeah. So if you go to lsv.com.au and go to the research page, you can find it there. So have a look. And particularly whether you're from industry, whether you're from a school, we've broken the report down so that there's some summary pages. So you can actually print those out and you can, I've seen at some pools that they print them up and it really gives you that great snapshot of what's happening in Victoria. And it really just another reminder really that you need to be watching out for your safety for your children's safety for those around you around the water.
1: Dr Bernadette Matthews thank you so much for joining us on our podcast and thank you for all the work you do in terms of preventing drownings in Victoria it's greatly appreciated and it's very important work so thank you very much. Thanks so much Kate.
0: Thank you for listening to our first ever episode on the Lifesaving Victoria pod channel. For more information about the latest drowning report and to view previous reports by Lifesaving Victoria, visit www.lsv.com.au or click on the link in this episode's show notes. Thank you to our guests, Kate Simpson and Dr Bernadette Matthews for joining us in the studio today. Join us next Monday for another exciting episode from the Lifesaving Victoria pod channel when we continue sharing and learning together to make our communities safer around water.